And even while I was deep in the heart of Texas, my Twitter feed is still blowing up with tweets from and about Congressman Rodney Davis and what he did or didn't say to CNN last week. Let's get it straight from the horse's mouth. Congressman Rodney Davis is on the road this morning, but joining us live. And, Congressman, we do appreciate your time. Thanks so much. No worries. Glad to talk with you, Jim. Well, let's just set the stage on this a little bit. As I mentioned late last week, we were uh, seeing this, and it started with a tweet from a CNN reporter. I want to read the tweet uh, that uh, was originally posted. said, GOP Representative Rodney Davis told me he believed the suggestion there is a relation between rhetoric and hate crimes against Asian Americans is, quote, all political correctness. Davis instead said phrases like Kung flu or China virus are no different than saying UK variant. Now, this, of course, was in response to what we we know has been a rise in uh, attacks on Asian Americans here in this country and culminating last week, of course, with the uh, spa shootings where six of the eight victims were, in fact, of Asian descent. We don't yet know if that was a hate crime, but it's got a lot of people talking about why we're seeing this increase in violence. And, Congressman, you tweeted in response that that was a, quote, misinterpretation of what you said. So uh, set the record straight for us. What, in fact, did you say to, to CNN, and, and how do you feel it was misinterpreted? Well, thanks, Jim, for having me on. It's great to hear from you again. Um, you know, that was pretty upsetting day on Friday when I saw the reporter completely misinterpret a long-ranging interview that we did in the hall outside of the House chamber on a wide variety of subjects. And it started, as you mentioned, uh, talking about it started uh, after some other subjects talking about uh, what happened in Atlanta and a rise in Asian American violence that we've seen in this country. There is a rise in Asian American violence, and there's a rise in violence across the board, anti-Semitism, uh, violence. Uh, a young boy, a 12-year-old yesterday in Pittsburgh, was stabbed in the neck waiting with his family in line for fast food at a McDonald's. This violence has got to stop. So what I said when first referenced, uh, when the violence was first referenced by the reporter, I said, uh, there's hate crimes against all different groups, but we're seeing it all across the spectrum of humanity, and it's got to change. And what is very misleading about the reporter's tweet is somehow uh, people are under the impression that I use those terms to describe the coronavirus, which I did not do. Well, the the tweet doesn't say that you did, and what it what it says is is that you said apparently you were asked about whether using terms like that out in the public at large. We know former President Trump used terms like that; others have as well. As to whether that has led to the increase in violence, specifically targeting Asian Americans, you were quoted as saying that any such suggestion is quote all political correctness. Did you in fact say that? In the end, Jim, what we learned that day was it looked like from law enforcement officials in Georgia. And remember, the entire question was based upon what happened in Georgia and rising Asian-American, anti-Asian-American violence and violence across the board that I had already responded to with the quote I just gave you that, that uh, you know, there's hate crimes against all different groups, but we're seeing it all across the spectrum of humanity, and it's got to change. Violence is violence, Jim. And in regards to the Atlanta shooting, uh, my comments were that 
we shouldn't put politics, we shouldn't be talking about politics in the sense of violence. Uh, I'm a policymaker, Jim, and my job is to make sure I treat every act of violence exactly the same. They are all equally wrong. And I am going to continue to fight to make sure that I stand up for anyone who commits a hate crime against Asian Americans. I'm going to stand up for anyone who commits a hate crime in Atlanta against anyone and the families in Atlanta, Georgia, that are suffering right now because of the senseless tragedy. Uh, The law enforcement needs to be given the utmost opportunity to do their job instead of having reporters in this case, made out that obviously mischaracterized and misleading what I said in the basis of our entire conversation. And Congressman, you're breaking up a little bit here, and I'm going to hope we get a little better signal because I do want to try to pin this down a little bit further. Uh, again, did you use the phrase all political correctness to describe the notion that this kind of rhetoric uh, is tied to the rise in violence, specifically against Asian Americans? I know you said violence is violence, but violence that seems to be targeting people on the basis of their race or ethnicity has a, a broader uh, fear, fearful effect in the the community at large for people who are also of that same uh, racial or, or ethnic descent. Uh, and, and so uh, is there, in fact, a correlation here? You, you again, were quoted as saying that uh, phrases like Kung flu or China virus are no different than saying UK variant. Do, is, is that your view? Well, when, again, Jim, when we spoke, uh, this was under the the auspices of the discussion about the Atlanta shooting, whereas we found out from law enforcement officials that day that it was possibly not racially motivated. And my point is, if we're going to have a debate about what names the coronavirus has been called by some, not me, then it becomes less about making sure we get justice for the victims and more about politics. And I'll continue to stand up for victims of violence, whether they're in Atlanta, Georgia, or Atlanta, Illinois, because that's my job. And we can't continue to have some of my, some of my colleagues push ideas that are going to limit law enforcement's capability for bringing people like that, like the murderer in Georgia, to justice. How, how does hate crime legislation limit the ability to bring that person to justice, even if their crime wasn't a hate crime, uh, specifically in, in that they can't necessarily prove that he was motivated specifically by the ethnicity of the victims? Uh, but uh, how does federal hate crime legislation in any way hamper the ability to bring him to justice? Jim, I wasn't talking about hate crime legislation. I never, never mentioned anything about hate crime legislation. What I'm talking about is many of my colleagues are looking at trying to defund our law enforcement officers. We have, we have a criminal justice bill that was signed into law opposed by all levels of law enforcement in Illinois that can let perpetrators back on the streets, where I believe perpetrators of violence against Asian Americans, against any demographic, should be held fully accountable to the fullest extent of the law. I don't think we put a political litmus test on violence, just like I said in the aftermath of January 6th, anyone who breached the Capitol, I don't care who you voted for, you need to be held accountable. And anyone who commits an act of hate, an act of violence, I don't care who you are or what demographic you belong to, you should be held accountable fully 
to the extent of our laws. Let's not hinder our law enforcement officials in making sure that that happens. And, and I apologize, Congressman, for, for not uh, understanding the, the connection you were making in terms of, of policy. I know that there has been a hate crime bill pending on Capitol Hill that seems to have gotten also bogged down in some partisan politics there. Uh, I want to make sure that I, I'm clear, though, uh, and I, I don't feel yet like I've gotten a, a, a firm yes or no answer from you. Did you say phrases like Kung Flu or China virus are no different than saying UK variant? Yes or no? Again, I did not use the phrases that you just mentioned. I, I didn't I didn't ask you that, though. What I asked is, did you say the people who use those phrases, is that the same thing as simply saying the UK variant? It's again, it's again mischaracterizing what I said what, in the it, conversation. But it's, but it's not. It's not if, it's, if, in no, fact, you it said it, I, uh, that's what I'm asking. Did, did you yeah. say that? You have to look at the entirety of the interview where I said in, relate, in, in a response to what was happening in Atlanta and what we heard that day again, that it, couldn't, it could possibly not be racially motivated. But, it could be something to do with sex trafficking or human trafficking that we also have to investigate and we have to stop. But isn't this but conversation the end, about this the broader really, issue, not just Atlanta, but about the broader issue of, of uh, hate crimes or crimes targeting Asian Americans in general? Uh, I th- it, it's, the CNN reporters indicating that that's what she was asking you was, is there a correlation between rhetoric like that and the overall increase in violence? And so I'm just asking again, did you in fact say that those terms are no different than UK variant? In relation to the conversation I had with the reporter, Jim, and again, it seems like that reporter was trying to be a political activist, and it seems like you're not listening to my conversation about what we talked about in a wide-ranging interview, which I said that violence is violence. Again, uh, there's hate growing across humanity, and it's got to stop. But in relation to what was happening in Atlanta versus uh, in, in the politics of of what was being said in Atlanta and somehow names of the coronavirus that I don't use uh, were the reason that Atlanta happened. Um, we don't yet know that. We want to make sure that we, we treat every act of violence equal, Jim. And that's what's frustrating because when you're a policymaker like me, you have to make sure we treat every act of violence the exact same. And we need to hold every perpetrator of violence, but 100% accountable to the fullest extent of the law. And I don't, I want to see that guy in Atlanta, Georgia, never see the light of day again for committing those atrocious crimes. Every act of violence isn't really the same, though, is it, Congressman? I mean, if if somebody in a bar says, uh, you know, something to you uh, about how your wife looks and you take a swing at him and pop him in the nose, that's not really the same as somebody who is targeting people on the basis of their ethnicity or seeking to intimidate an entire group of people. The, the law doesn't say those things are the same. So uh, every act of violence isn't really the same, is it? Uh, no, clearly it's not, Jim. And I'm not alluding to that fact. But, you've but just... the bottom line is, but the bottom line is, we have to treat every act of violence uh, like the one in Atlanta, where eight senseless murders happen. We have to treat it exactly the same way, regardless of whether it's in Atlanta or regardless of whether it's anywhere else. Absolutely. And again, when 
when the reporter asked about rising violence, I'm going to continue to say that violence is violence, and we need to make sure we hold everyone accountable. And there is an increase in anti-Asian American violence. There's an increase in anti-Semitic violence. There's an increase in violence across the board. We have kids being murdered in crossfire on the west side of Chicago because policymakers want to defund our police and let criminals out of jail. That has to change because those criminals who commit these heinous acts of murder need to be in jail and never see the light of day again. Have any policies been enacted to, in fact, quote, defund police that would lead to this rise? in? You're you're suggesting that the uh, even suggesting those policies are leading to the rise in violence. But uh, I'm I'm not aware of where police have been defunded in Atlanta or in uh, was it uh, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia? You said the uh, the incident happened yesterday. So I I guess I'm I'm still what, what do you see then as leading to the rise in violence? And again, we're talking specifically about what's happening in the Asian American community. Uh, if it's not tied to this kind of rhetoric, what is causing it? Well, rhetoric matters, obviously. I mean, I'm a I'm a a prime example of where rhetoric mattered when I had to dodge bullets on a baseball field from a politically enraged gunman who came and screamed health care while he fired at me and my friends. I've been the voice to try and calm down rhetoric. Uh, and in the end, Jim, what we have to do is make sure that we band together and call out when local, uh, when local officials continue to, in certain communities, continue to cut funding to our law enforcement agencies. We have to call out when bills passed the House that I, I gladly voted against that would have, according to the Congressional Budget Office, put hundreds of millions of dollars in unfunded mandates on our local police departments. That's defunding our police, Jim, and that's what I'm going to stand up and be opposed to because justice doesn't come to victims and their families without our law enforcement officials being able to do their jobs without worrying about politics. You voted against the COVID relief bill that is sending money to local governments, and and critics say that a vote against that was a vote to defund police because local governments might have had to make cuts in public safety to deal with the expenses they faced from COVID-19. What's your response? We came together in a bipartisan way five times during this last year, Jim, when we've been fighting this disease that no one on earth knew existed a year and a half ago. Those five bills uh, were, I believe historic, not just because of their bipartisan nature. I think it's going to be judged very, very well in the history books of Republicans and Democrats saying we have to help our communities. And we passed our last one in December. And the December bill still had upwards of a trillion dollars still left to be dispersed. Now, remember, some of these COVID, some of these COVID bills actually were preparation at the beginning of this pandemic, where we saw our state of Illinois, get $42 million just to implement an unemployment system that was going to be ready for the increased pandemic unemployment assistance applications. And our our state leadership has failed miserably in spending those dollars. There was not nearly enough accountability for states like Illinois and Governor Pritzker for me to support that legislation where they're going to have virtually, virtually unfettered access to your tax dollars when we still had a trillion left to disperse. Congressman, I know you got to get in and speak to a class here, but one last question. Senator mm-hmm. Tammy Duckworth said she wanted to have a conversation with you about all of this related to uh, the rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans. Have you had that conversation yet? 
Yeah, Tammy and I talked on Friday. And what uh, what was the upshot? I, I think uh, she and, and others who read that tweet thought I used those terms. And clearly, that was easily cleared up. We had a great conversation. I respect Tammy for um, not immediately playing politics and, and having the courtesy as a friend to pick up the phone and call, and I let her know that. Uh, but we talked about other issues, too, that were pending before Congress, and I look forward to continuing to work with Tammy and, and uh, continuing to do what we can to help to help uh, get the designation from the National Park Service for our, 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 mutual, uh, our mutual legislation to honor the Springfield Race Riot site. And we're looking forward to hearing more about that, too, as that progresses as well. Congressman, we appreciate your time. Been very generous with it this morning. Thanks much, and we hope to talk soon. Thanks, man. See you.